everybody who's watching right now who's an influencer, if they just randomly DM 25 followers right now and asked for their address and then sent a wink and said it's a surprise and sent them all some sort of basket with a handwritten note, that would be better for their influencer business. But people don't think that way. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, episode 322 of the Ask Gary V Show. I'm excited here uh, because this gentleman I've been able to interact with multiple times. Um, I'm always a fan of people that are the deep practitioner and expert in their craft. You know, I kind of been very narrow in my career, whether it's been wine or marketing or now sports cards. Um, uh, and uh, and this young man's uh, expertise falls into a place that I think is gonna make everybody who's watching and listening uh, stand up because we have all interacted in the hotel ecosystem. Um, also, I wanna give a huge shout out to everybody who's watching right now on LinkedIn Live. We're just starting that platform and as a matter of fact, today I made a, I made a pretty easy structure which is I wanna really let Faisal speak for five or 10 minutes about the things he cares about but then I really wanna help a lot of people because I think we're good at like reacting. I know yeah. your speed, it matches mine and so we'll take some questions. We're gonna take those questions from LinkedIn so if you have a question uh, on LinkedIn, uh, please put in your phone number and we will give you a call. Uh, Faisal, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the Vayner Nation? Yeah, Vayner Nation, what's going on? Gary, thanks, always fun to uh, be back in New York City. Uh, love this place, miss it, uh, you know, but Vegas is a, not a bad place to live at either. No. Um, yeah, so uh, Faisal Sublaban, President CEO, Bonnetel Exclusive Travel. Uh, we're one of the largest distributors of luxury hotel rooms, B2B. Uh, so. We sell to, say, an Expedia, and then they sell to the end consumer. It's the easiest way for people to understand. Uh, so at the luxury end, there's the, the room, then there's you in between the room and Expedia. Yeah, so we're, it's a an middle extra, uh, we're a middleman. We're a middleman. We're a glorified middleman. Yep. And so what we do is we go to a hotel and we provide basically turnkey solutions to distribute in over 73 different countries. So... Uh, we work very closely as a strategic marketing and distribution partner, hence the reason you know we we work with the the Vayner Media team yep. as well. Yes, uh, you know, in, in order to create awareness and, and give an authentic lens into those properties. But besides being an operator like myself, there's been a growth within your personal brand through content, things of that nature. How has that been? Tell me that journey. Yeah, I mean, for for me, you know, I think you've spoken about this before. You know, I had investment group who said. Why do you need to be on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or any of these social platforms creating awareness? I told them whether you're in B2B, B2C, you have to have a social media presence. It's the way to be, uh, it's the way of the future, and if not, your business is basically irrelevant. And so that's and have you why. have you found that producing content at scale and putting yourself out there has created a scenario that has led to business development? Yeah, I mean, it's a top of the funnel biz dev tool. Period. End of story. End of story. We get inbound. Even for somebody who's in, and do you consider you? Are you guys in the SaaS business? Or are you in the services business? The broker business? Like, how do you even like at the highest level? How do you position your co? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's there's technology that enables distribution yep. of inventory. Yep. Uh, you know, SaaS is not really what I would call right, a service. I mean, it is in a lot of in a lot of ways a services business because yep. you have people who are traveling need stuff goes wrong all the time and so we have to distribute solve the problems etc cetera, etc cetera. yep yep what kind of kid were you so 
<laughs> it's funny you say that. So, you know, growing up in a small town, Lodi, California. Oh, wine country. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you know, Empathy Wines has a couple it people. Does. I, has I a, know uh, the Mettler family. Yes, so, yes, yeah, great you know, His mom, Brandon Mettler, was mom was my swim mom. No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh, definitely a connection great to Lodi there. Uh, yeah, so I grew up, my mom came from a, a large family, but we're extremely poor. My father uh, immigrated from the Middle East, so he came with $100 in his pocket and then was just a born entrepreneur. And so for me, constantly exposed to entrepreneurship, if I wanted something, you know, we were a middle-class family. My dad would say, okay, come work. So from a, a, being a young kid, I'd go to the flea market with him start slanging some car audio stereos or some subwoofers or anything uh, that, that was tied to that. So I'd bounce around uh, at a very young age, six, seven, eight years old, interacting with adults. And so I think one of the things that that taught me is it gave me an exposure to how to interact with adults. So a lot of people have told me I'm very mature for my age, even being young and in business. You know, my mindset thinks uh, in a more mature now entrepreneur even. state. Even now, yeah, that's even funny. now. I had, even. I've had, that's funny, how old are you now? 38. Makes sense, I've, I've had that come up in the last decade a lot more and I, I finally realized it was being in the game so early. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you know how to interact and then, you know, it's, it's emotional, it's like, the, you know, that EQ, like when you go, it's, you know, interacting with people, reading people's behavior understanding it then when you have salesmanship behind it you're selling stuff so sure. you have to react and you know cater to what's those the, emotions what's the, you know for me it was radical candor because i don't like negativity yeah and because i'm willing to take on everything yeah and like want the pressure i the thing that i had to really overcome from my natural skills was radical candor yeah. i realized when i was firing people at wine library in my 20s they were shocked yeah and to me, I was upset at them at first, which is a flaw, because I'm like, bro, you suck. Yeah. You've been sucking. But then I realized, wait a minute, they're not self-aware that they suck, and I've been telling them everything's fine, so I'm the dick. Yeah, no, I had the same and problem. And so I really struggled with that. Yeah, I had the same problem. And you know, there's like a maturation process as a leader, and even so far as a few years back, even being a CEO, you don't want to tell them they suck because you're just like hoping that they just finally fucking get it and they or never you do. Put the, you know, for me, it's a lot of times I put them in the right position. Yeah. You know, you move people around, yeah. right? You know, like Seth used to do audio. I was like, he sucks. Let's send him to Tampkin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, no, honestly, like it's like it's fun for my team because you guys know this. Like finding the right spots. What really makes Vayner awesome, I think, is. Back to Seth's point, which is not true, it's that talent was growing and we needed somebody strong and I felt like, and he wanted new challenge, like it was awesome. Like, and, and whether it's, by the way, this is like very meta, very real now. I'm not even sure because I've been busy and we haven't talked a lot lately, I miss you a little bit, you should grab 10 minutes, uh, how it's working or not, but what I love is, even if it's a disaster and the reason, and like he doesn't like it, but, but he likes me and he knows there's opportunity here, the, if he like did this and like he came to me tomorrow and was like, hey, I wanna do something else or be back on Team Gary or go to whatever, we would work on it and try to figure it out. What's really cool is eight years later, he'd be like, you know what, that was good because I learned this during that time. There's things inherently he's learning there, that he, right? I, I can see by your body language. So I, I think it's optimism, it's optimistic management. If yeah. you can afford it, you, you may end up with somebody who's a much better executive because they're learning context in all those different things. Well, that, so I think it's offense. People don't want to. easy to fire. Yeah, you know, easy to fire. But I think that a lot of. It's easy for somebody of, to quit. A lot of people are you know? afraid to roll up their sleeves and actually you know, let, let themselves be vulnerable in those situations and actually look at it as, hey, maybe I'm going to learn something I didn't learn before that'll be valuable somewhere down the road. What's the biggest thing you feel like you want to evolve next? 
Like what's on your mind right now as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as an executive, that you're like, you know what, over the next decade, I'd like to be better at. Well, I think, you know, when you look at within the travel hospitality space, I just think it's ripe for some sort of disruption. I think you have these influencers who are out posting about properties and travel where most of them can't afford it. No knock on on those that can. So you're you're saying you're you're seeing we know this. I mean, half the people watching right now yeah. are aspiring to be a travel, uh, yeah. you know, influencer <laughs> yeah, yeah, because course. everybody wants to travel. And like, who wouldn't want to go to Maui and start stay in a five star place and just post a photo yeah. and call it a day? Are you saying? It's that they themselves cannot, or their audience doesn't have a high percentage of well, people. But I think I think it's actually both. both there's okay. there's a few that can, obviously, that that have done. A and great you're not job saying that, like, to, to your point, that you're razzing anyone. You're saying that that may not be a good business arbitrage for that business because they're trying to get awareness. But if you're getting awareness for something one can't that doesn't afford, convert, you know, it's not the right type of clientele. And so I think you know one of the things that that I've been focused on is making luxury you know attainable. And so when you look at that, everybody loses context around what does that mean? So you have people in which, you know, some people a four star hotel is luxury. Then to other people, it has to be a five star hotel in order for them to feel luxury. And every every person is different. And it's all around context. To this day, the most luxury thing that I've ever felt was the Holiday Inn in Orlando, Florida when I was 10 years old because we'd never spent a dollar on anything and going on that vacation, we stayed in the fucking Holiday Inn. And I remember thinking how fancy it was. Yeah. And like to this, and I've stayed in some places because of my lifestyle, and when you travel and you speak, they put you up in rooms that I, because you know it's funny, it's, one of the, it's funny what people spend money on. Yeah. I will right now, like this week, I'm gonna spend thousands of dollars buying custom jerseys of random Jets players who will barely play this year. But <laughs> with hotel rooms, I'm a very, give me the bed, I'm, Shower pressure yeah. and Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Wi-Fi is critical. Like dirty room, I'm fine because I'm dirty. <laughs> it's just the truth. Yeah. I'm telling the truth. Yeah. Like it doesn't really register. Like cockroach, I'm fine. You know. Like, <laughs> but if the Wi-Fi or if the shower, the shower pressure. That, can that's we, critical. Can actually, with your influence now yeah. in the hotel space, can we start getting more data around? Can we create a standardization around shower pressure well, you know, and then they can <laughs> show me on the hotel room? That's my fucking thing, Rob. You know that's who? What you I know who fix. actually tests that? You know who tests that? Four Seasons. So I went to. To their headquarters they literally have all the pipes there and so they test how loud it is yeah. so that the room next to it because if you, nobody wants to hear water rushing through i do know, that's how i sleep actually <laughs> i sleep with a sound machine on and if like i could hear the shower in the other room i'd be pumped they might but i know most might. people don't <laughs> and then shower they test pressure, the pressure. is they my number the one they do they test the pressure they do it but it is a huge thing i, I would agree with i also you. want to have hotel rooms now that don't have the the bar in the room like with the food, like sometimes I travel in third you know kind of smaller cities yeah. and it's one of those hotels where like all the food's downstairs and I get pumped because then I don't, I don't eat dumb shit yeah because I eat dumb shit when they like well and I, you have like the gummy bears sitting the, there and by it's the way, like the, the gummy shit. bears yeah, the gummy, they're never gummy, fucking good every no, time I'm like no, it's always a disappointment one of the weird things about eating gummy bears is the bet you have to make with yourself <laughs> if they're actually soft. <laughs> It's true because if right. they're stale, right? If you they're look stale, at it, you're like, "This is the worst unhealthy decision worst I made." Decision ever. <laughs> you know, like, I knew I should have went with the apple. And you paid like forty two dollars for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And you're they fucking pissed, suck. It's stale. You leave them behind, but then you take them because you feel guilty. I think it's one of the great decisions <laughs> that are not talked about enough, which is the decision to buy gummy bears predicated on not really knowing if they're soft enough. And Rebo, there's people. Man. Is anybody here a hard gummy bear eater? No, no. I just think that's you are, Joanna. You like sure. them hard versus soft? Well, I'm gonna send you all the shitty gummy bears. Chewy's, <laughs> Chewy's soft. Chewy's soft. 
You gotta like yeah, the harbor ones, but yeah. the but the but sometimes they come cross. If they're stale, they're hard. Like you know, like you gotta. I like need them really out of the fucking machine. <laughs> Actually, here's a good business idea. I think gummy bears should do a pop up like. Uh, a pop-up truck where they're making them on the spot. I'd fucking oh, wait in man. line for that shit. For sure. Hot, gummy, soft. I want it to be cool, but soft as fuck. <laughs> I'm a soft as fuck gummy bear consumer. All right, let's do phone calls, Ragoff. Right. <laughs> so we're clearly veering here. We've deviated. If you're watching LinkedIn, put your phone number in if you have a question for uh, Faisal and I. And uh, anything about the hospitality space, entrepreneurship, the flip life, because I guess we both live that. Who's this? Alex. Fucking gummy bears. Hello, this is Alex. Alex, it's Gary Vaynerchuk. How's it going, Alex? Oh my God, how are you? Please say hello to Faisal. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm really good. What can we answer for you, brother? Um, so... Wow, this is crazy. <laughs> so I, I work in hospitality. I, I'm in medicine and I do house calls to all the hotels in Los Angeles when their guests are sick. Interesting. Um, and kind of leaving traditional medicine to do that really kind of made me wonder about the concept of hospitality as a whole in traditional business. And kind of, because in hospitality, it's really about treating people um with the highest level of service that you can and so i feel like that's sort of missing in traditional business and i just kind of wondered what your thoughts on that were yeah i mean for for me personally i think you're right but i i think that you're seeing worlds colliding within all different industries around creating a, an experience you know that's centered around hospitality you have fitness brand you have hotel brands coming into fitness fitness brands going into hotels uh, you know, if you look at hotels and concierge doctors or even dentists, you know, I was sitting with my wife, she was telling me there are offices where it's kind of a spa. So everyone traditionally hates going to the dentist. You go in there and you can get a pedicure like while you're, while you're getting your teeth drilled on, I guess. Uh, what I think though, you know, it, for, for somebody like yourself, you know, it is all about the guest experience and taking care of people in whatever industry that you're in. And if you're focused on, you know, your customer at the end of the day and doing everything to ensure that they're taken care of, you know, now you're creating that unique hospitable experience that you build a real business around. Yeah. I mean, look, I wrote a book called the thank you economy in 2011 that has undertones of your questions, brother. Uh, I think, I think that businesses, if everybody thought they were in the hospitality business and then they sold, you know, concrete and then they sold wine and then they sold salads and then they made sneakers, you would, I actually think it's one of the best arbitrages to building a brand. For sure. I mean, everybody who's watching right now who's an influencer, if they just randomly DM 25 followers right now and asked for their address and then sent a wink and said it's a surprise and sent them all some sort of basket with a handwritten note, that would be better for their influencer business. But people don't think that way. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That's, that's kind of what's helped me become successful in a short period of time. Because, you know, when you go to the, to the doctor or to the hospital, you know, you're just kind of there to, be, to figure out what's wrong and get a, get a prescription or whatever. But when you're really really have the hospitality mindset of trying to take care of people and do everything you can to make it more of an experience than just a quick in and out 
and I give me what I need. Then it's empathy as well. That, that, I mean, it's just that having it's smart. It's smart. It's Brother, it's super smart. I think you should write more LinkedIn posts about your thoughts on this because it could lead to other opportunities. Keep that in mind. Thank you. You got it, brother. Thanks Thanks for giving a call. You know, look, I think it's a really interesting question. I mean, I think, you know, when I think about you and what I know about you and I think about myself, it goes into a very interesting thing while Raghav pulls it up. I think we were born entrepreneurs and we were trained entrepreneurs and the reality is me being in the wine business, you being in the hotel business, me being in marketing, you know, it really was agnostic. It was serendipitous. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's I mean, right. I was in finance mortgages before. So, that's right. You know, and, that's and I think if you, matter. if I run, you know, if we run into each other in airport in nine years, because yeah. serendipitously we got busy and weren't communicating, and you're like, "Yo, I've got a huge, you know, like, you know, beef jerky business." Yeah. In my mind, I'd be like, "Yep." Yeah, and I it. kind of the way I think about entrepreneurship is how I think about hospitality. Like, just because you're in the hotel business or things of that nature, hospitality is an oxygen. Yeah. It's a mindset. Yeah. It's a culture, and it can be deployed against everything. Yeah, and, and people actually are attracted to it. They gravitate towards it. You're bringing value. To have it. You're bringing value. value. At the end of the day, it's all it is. Alec. Alec. You're really creative around here, Rago. <laughs> yeah. Alex, Alec. Alec, Alec. Alec's going to miss his big chance. Hello, this is Alec Brown at the Charles Alm Ranch. I am unable to answer my phone right now, but please leave a message and I will contact you as soon as possible. Thank you very much. Bye. At the tone, please record your message. When you finish recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Alec Brown, this is Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, You fucked up. You know, you did not answer the phone call and you will be calling back like everybody else who fucks up on this show, but we will not be answering it because everything in life is about timing. I wish you great health and happiness. Love ya. (laughs) Let's go to the next one. Um, By the way, I think a lot about what just happened too. Like one of the great things about entrepreneurship is people always ask me, what mistakes have you made? And I always talk about my Uber pass. answering the phone. But you know, it's funny. I know the biggest mistake I ever made was canceling a meeting I was about to have that would have been the domino piece to make everything work. Yeah. You no, know? We, we've all done I that. Think about, you go oh, and you, you just I think don't about put it, it together. All the t- and I've canceled some pretty fancy fucking meetings, but I also think it's the unfancy ones that you just know. Patrick. Patrick. There we go. Patrick. Patrick, it's Gary Vaynerchuk and you're on with Faisal. How are you? Doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Great, well. great. Thank you. All right. So the question is, uh, I have uh, two businesses. One where I do uh, uh graphics, media, uh, photography, videography locally for local businesses, and I also do printing. The biggest uh, problem that I have is bridging that gap between basically working on my own, working for myself, and then finally uh, starting to hire an executive assistant, a printing manager, somebody. What kind of formula would you consider uh, or even like think about and you know what, what? What is your foundation in which you feel like you need to have prior to getting that first person to help you offload a lot of the work to continue progressing forward? So before Faisal, I'm gonna let Faisal go first, but I just want to hear it because I was asking Ragoff something I might have missed one point. You're telling me the challenge at hand is actually just scaling your business, like literally hiring and off and and letting go of certain things and understanding how to uh, you know manage that and afford it and just the whole strategy of like of scaling. Yeah, essentially, uh, essentially that is the biggest thing is like getting that one person to come on and uh, and getting that one person to basically because I know I, uh, the next step is to uh, basically get additional people in to help me offload the work uh, that I currently have to continue growing. 
but what are the basic things that you would uh, you would say that you require before getting that first person to come on? Yeah, first and foremost, you have to be able to within two minutes or less articulate your vision, like you're explaining it to your grandma. That's first and foremost. Like you have to have what are you doing or what you think you're doing. That can change and iterate a thousand different times along the way, but you can't. You you know, I think it's incredibly reckless to bring somebody in without any sort of path or vision for what you're trying to build. And, and to be honest with you, what's in it for them, you know, at the end of the day, the next thing is, I mean, I will add one point to that. I think that was big business talk from like a little bit of a startup and a bigger thing. Like to answer your question, what, you know, to add to that, because I think that's right. But at, at his scale, What's in it for the other person is whatever they're getting paid. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, I don't, I don't but I mean, it's also come with me. On, I'm starting it up. Like you got to, they've got to be excited to come in in a one person job. Yeah, yeah, listen, yeah, I respect that's that right. too. I, think that's right. I, I definitely, you know, I, I definitely have uh, revenue. I have profit, things like that. Uh, the biggest things that I, I, I would say that I have the biggest concerns of is, you know, I don't have storefront just yet, things like that. So, you know, we would be working satellite together for uh, for a while until I get to that next step. That's actually uh, more fun most why, of the time. Why, why do you have to work satellite? Uh, uh, because everything that I basically do is out, uh, is out of my own home right now. Okay. Um, and and, and what, what do you want the first employee to do? Uh, man, the first employee, I would, I would have to say, uh, would be... Uh, uh, client management while I continue to sell because that's makes what sense. I do. Yeah, it makes Smart, perfect good sense. Good answer. So, what's stopping you from hiring her or him now? Uh, biggest thing is honestly making sure that I have a, enough profit margin to consistently pay one uh, one person to take care of my uh, current clients, so I can go ahead and keep selling. Uh, makes and, sense. Makes yeah. sense. Good and answer. I, I so where, see, like, where, what, what is where, the consideration of percentage or anything like that? Where would you get? Considered? There's no right answer. No. There's only your actual path. You know. So uh-huh. what I would say by that is, you know, do you have a sense of how much that person costs? Do you have that much profit in the last twelve months? And what are you doing with your money that you're taking out of the business? If you are, so let's go through that. Are you taking, uh, are you, is this business paying you anything? Yeah, so uh, uh, basically it's just paying my bare minimum bills. That's that's basically what it's paying and me. That's all, and this is all you do, right? This is your this is your yeah, life? You 100%, don't have, yeah. yeah. I quit my job six months ago, this is all I do. Do you have any debt? No. So you're debt-free human? Yes. And right now you're at exactly bare minimum, like the business, I'm gonna make this up without prying, the business does yep, 64,000 in top line revenue and because and, and it makes you 40,000 in profit because there is nothing you're selling, it's just your time and you live a four, exactly $40,000 a year lifetime, lifestyle. Pretty close. Okay. okay. So there's a couple things. One, I wanna know what's in that 40,000. Right, because one of the things that when my friends say those things to me and they let me look at every single thing or somebody that really wants my help and shows me everything, inevitably everyone's got a little more cush than they realize because somehow people think certain things are required and they're not. <laughs> and you know, literally, literally, look, I mean, you know, I kind of lived this lifestyle for a big part of my you know, 20s. The only expense I had was car, gas, Food and roof. I literally didn't like literally liquor T-shirts from the store was my my outfits, and literally there was no entertainment cost involved, and and that's why I was able to hire people because I was able to live on thirty seven thousand dollars a year. 
uh, I think you've got a decision to make. One, go super hard and create that growth yourself and wait another year or two. You could take on debt. You could, I hate it. I hate it. But what I really am excited about, just kind of even going on vibes, is if you do hire that person to do a lot of the defense shit, it lets you go on the offense and your growth accelerates even greater than your costs. Do you see what I mean? Exactly. I mean, the first place you have to look is your lifestyle costs, right? And is there anything you can do to go more humble if you really put your business ahead of yourself? I've put my businesses ahead of myself every day of my life and my career, which is why I've built huge businesses. Most people think they build businesses so they can buy shit from the business and they take from the business. I feed the business. Yes. And it sounds like you're going that path. Now the question becomes, how much shittier can your lifestyle be if you want to get there faster? You know, it's not mm-hmm. forever, but you gotta you gotta buckle down if you want to. Or you wait, right, Fazel? Yeah. Like, like uh, uh, I actually, what's the I have a, thing in? but I, I actually have a thought. I have a thought Go to ahead. where if you have if you have the ability to hire somebody and you have the margins that are there, or at least like close to, I I had one investor uh, when I was one of my companies that I had started La Jolla Wealth Management in San Diego. It was a mortgage finance company. And mm-hmm. we were about to take on a lease that was a little bit pricey, but in order to be in the area to attract the clients, we had to do it. And you know what she told me? She said, sometimes being stretched and putting your, a- your ass and back against the wall is the best thing to motivate you to excel even further. And she was right. Like I took on a little bit more than I could chew uh, in order you know, to, yeah. to build the business. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it forced you because every day you're more hungry because you're scared of not being Patrick, able to pay that Patrick, person. Patrick, there's no math equation that like there's, you know, people do it. This is why people think you go to school for business and they say the mm-hmm. proper thing is 32.3% of your fucking, <laughs> that's fine. That's not real life. That's like thesis, Yeah. right? The mm-hmm. answer to your question yeah. is very simple. You're at the crossroads. Either you take on debt or you raise capital that gives you money to be able to hire yeah. Susan or, or Jonathan, or you wait another year and go slower, save even more, create more margin, bleed a little more to be able to feel comfortable that you have a, you know six months runway on a salary that you can pay, and then you go on the offense to close that gap. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's as simple as that. And you yeah. can do it. And, and by the way, there is no right way of those two. Those are the alternatives. The The only other okay. alternative is your, your overhead of your lifestyle is far greater than bare bone and you cut into that, right? That's it, those are the three moves. There's yeah. three moves in this scenario. Grow it, grow the business a little bit more, save some cash, you, you do exactly the other two things, I mean, that's it. So by, you, the way, you there's, uh, by the way, and this is where it gets, you know, there's never, that's it. You could borrow 50,000 bucks from your uncle. You could, mm-hmm. you could. Yeah. Uh, you could sell all the fucking shit in your home on Facebook Marketplace and eBay and make 5,000 extra a month on the side. You could. I mean, there's shit to be done. There's, there's a sacrifice either way. It's like you, you just gotta pick which one you wanna, you wanna go with and then double down and just go with it. And to know be honest, that that's I think I'm super offensive. And so because I'm super offensive, I'm probably just gonna dive into it and just and, and use the, the uncle with $50,000 as a, okay, now my ass is really in the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this is a good time to borrow. So I think I'm gonna go with option A, you know, just just uh, just uh, throw it down and, and and start selling more and allow a person to play defense uh, on the back end. And then I like if it. I really I like need it, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll Bet borrow. on yourself. I like it. I like it. Bet on yourself. I like it. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Good luck, brother. See ya. Thank you, brother. Bye bye. That was good. That was good yeah, for the good. audience. Like that's the that's the process. Let's sneak one more in before we get out of here. Anything you want to talk about before we leave that we didn't get to? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of lot of interesting things coming from the the content side within yes. our business and what we're looking to do. Started our podcast business class, give it, uh, which give it is a shout out. So what is it? Business class. Uh, it's on. So if you search it on the podcast, on the podcast, searches. you'll see business class. You'll see. Uh, what do people expect from that? Uh, so it's actually really interesting. It's not just travel related. We do talk about travel with almost every guest just to get their unique insights of where they've been. But really, it's different entrepreneurs that have come from all walks of life and just done some interesting things. How and, many episodes have you done? Uh, so we've shot now twelve. Uh, we've launched. We've launched seven of them. So. Who's been the best guest? I'm putting you directly on the spot. This will hurt 11 other humans' feelings. Uh, it's and okay. make one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this yeah. Is life. So, I mean, I have two. So, uh, one guy vibed with completely well, Michael Chernow, who you had yeah, on here. Awesome. I mean, he's awesome. Who we, we I like want to be friends with him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's a dope dude. Yeah. Uh, the other one who's super interesting, another buddy of mine, is Matt Goss. So, that one hasn't aired yet, but uh, Those you know, he has an interesting, you know, he's an artist, so they're yeah. always interesting. And but creative. which one was the better show of the two? Uh, I mean, like vibing. I think it's. Well, the yeah, vibing's get, only one variable. Yeah, Best go. net show. Uh, sure now. All right, and that's aired. No, yeah, it's there. It's live. It's live. Swipe up. I'll put it on stories later yeah, at the hotel smart. boss on smart. IG. So at the a, hotel boss. At the hotel and boss. And all the plugs in. Good job. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get this one boom, in. Boom, boom, boom. The number you have dialed is not in service. Oh, man, like a, you got trolled. We clip that for TikTok. <laughs> Super fucking fail. Talk. Yeah, I do have a funny Please baseball card, baseball card story. Or, or running. So I remember I was working at the Napa flea market for my dad. I was eight years old, and I had a Bo Jackson rookie card. Yep, and so yeah, so or eight, football eighty-eight tops. Football, or, football ahead, eighty-eight Raiders, tops. Okay. So yeah, we're going and working through there. Go to try and buy some cards from you know the local card dealers at the flea yeah. market. Well, the guy took advantage of me, traded like a Michael Jordan card in here, which were not as yeah, valuable, valuable. You know, whatever. And I was like a young kid that got yeah. pushed over yep. by an adult yep. and, and took it. So I went back. I love then, getting those then, kind of kids. Then after, then oh, after. Yeah, you. Yeah, you hey kid, come over here. It's Gary Vee. I love you. No, but my father, Here's a deal. <laughs> he taught me a Ripped lesson. Off. So I was like, this guy ripped me off, dad. So he goes, let's go talk to him. So he had him go card by card and look it up and the value of it. So it was not in my favor. Yes. And, you know, I thought, oh, my dad's going to make him give it to me back. And basically my dad said, now, you know, control and manage your assets and take care of them for the rest of your life. So, and I mean, he let me walk away with the shit end of the stick. What a great 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 job by your dad. You had to. Unlike 98% of parents now that want to fight on behalf of the kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he was like, you Deems them (laughs) non-usable. It's true. It's fucking true. It's true. Let your kids Coddle. lose. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. I'm still here. I'm alive. I'm not going to be there when you're... <laughs> Hello, this is Alex. Alex. Alex? No Jesus. chance. Yeah. Alex, what's up, man? It's Gary Ben Faisal. How are you? Gary. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're doing well. What's your question? All right. So I'm trying to like start a podcast business on like uh, talking about my community and the local businesses. Okay. And I was just wondering if that's possible. It is. Yeah. Do you live in America? I, I live in uh, Spokane, Washington. Good. Small the answer town. is it's possible. Okay, so should I just like start with like yep. the small or like yes. how should I go about it? Yes. yes. Small. Okay. People around you, your network. Start building it from Alex, there. let me ask you a question. Are you looking for affirmation? Are you Help me help you. Like... The answer well, is, I'm just like are you asking if it's a good idea? Like, tell me what you're doing here right now. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out if it's a good idea. The answer is yeah. How like, how old are you? Uh, 25. Awesome. And you're and you're doing this because you want to be an entrepreneur, and you've heard me or others talk about podcasts slash local, and you you're putting the pieces together, and you're like you can see a world where you're interviewing local businesses or people. Like you feel good about that. Yeah, I think that'd be great to get like the local businesses that we have out there and Good. have and, people and, more And is your concern what? that it's too narrow and you might not get enough ad revenue and then thus it at some point won't Correct. be? Yeah. Correct. yeah, so let me give you an answer. The answer is yes, now that I've asked those questions. Here's why. One, you need the experience and thinking about it is never better than doing it. Okay? Yeah, totally. That's number one. Number two, if you do it well, even though your podcast might not be that monetizable, though the local chamber of commerce and a 1500 bucks and 2500 bucks from all the local businesses could add up to a nice little 50 to $100,000 revenue business, what yeah. may more likely happen is that you do it well and you start a business because all the local businesses ask you to do their podcast and now you've built a $500,000 business being a service provider do you see what I mean? Action leads yeah, to that's opportunity. Yeah, I'm thinking about, and I want to like uh, video it too, so I have a video for my Instagram. To so, put on. so I understand. I understand. Like he also solid. builds builds a network. Of he course, he builds a network yeah, of people that that could lead. I mean, what I always think is there there's a network to where if you have positive intent, you know, you're trying. Of course, you personally are trying to build your podcast, but if you're digging deep into these entrepreneurs yep. and yep. providing value and exposure for them whether they're millionaires or just starting their businesses, they're going to feel this little inkling of, I owe this kid something. And then all of a sudden there may be the opportunity and you know them and have built a rapport with them and they trust you and or they may be your first investor to the business that you come up with as well. Alex, are, yeah, you, are, you, you, are you dating or married? Yeah, I'm married right now. Okay, awesome. That eliminates the other ROI from this thing. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna paint a fun picture of like actual life where you could have met your yeah. wife. But nonetheless, stick like with me here. Story, Let yeah. me tell you why I was gonna go down that path and I asked you that question. Mm-hmm. Doing always beats thinking. Yeah, totally. The end. And that's I mean, I our phone call was almost, you know, luckily, I was in the mood, but there was a part of me that was like halfway home to just hanging up on you because in a good way, just being yes and that's it to make a point for the audience and to you, we're sticking out and being Dude. a little calmer today, but like it's, yes, do it, bro. Just do it. Like okay. I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, you're in fucking Nike country. Just do it. You're in the Pacific Northwest. You guys understand that fucking motto. Just fucking make. Like all this overthinking. Like I'm just so tired of everybody overthinking. Whether it was the best use of your time or not, actually doing it is better. Like people spend so much time debating that even if they would have done the wrong thing, they they still had more time on their hand. (laughs) I like doing and finding out I'm wrong and still saving time. Everyone so values their time or they're so insecure about people judging their decision that they don't fucking make. By not doing, the only thing you're gonna have is regret that you didn't. And when you start doing it and you get positive feedback, you're gonna be like, shit, I should have done this a year ago and I dialed in. And when you do it and you fucking suck at it, you've now realized you've built on your self-awareness. You're like, I'm not a fucking podcaster, next. Yeah, exactly. On and to that's the why next I started then. just doing more like edits on my Instagram. And like I started doing the join Gary V and doing nice. edits on those so I can practice on that. Nice. And just really just trying to get more out there 
and build something that like my community doesn't have or like get in a niche that they don't have make 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 i love it brother good luck go make thanks you got it Thanks for being on the show, bro. Yeah, thank you. It's good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always good. Out and out in Spokane. You get yeah, to ask a question you. of the day. Any question you want. All right. Uh, seeing that I work in the travel industry, if you could travel to one place for the rest of your life, where would you go? MetLife Stadium. <laughs> you keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed. And more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.